Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Now, here's the host of WP Tonic, Jonathan Dinwood and John Locke. Welcome to WP Tonic, episode 187. Today, we've got the immense pleasure of having as a guest, Dusty Davidson, the CEO and founder of Flywheel, one of the great managed WordPress hosts in this space. Uh, but before we get into today's interview, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Liquid Web. And Liquid Web has been known for years as a managed hosting company with tons of options. But recently, they've also designed a managed WordPress offering that's perfect for mission-critical sites. So if your site absolutely positively has to stay up and you're looking for improved performance, maximized uptime, and incredible support, Liquid Web is the hosting partner that you've been looking for. One thing that's really cool about Liquid Web is every managed WordPress customer has iTheme Sync already integrated into their management portal. What does this mean for you? It means you can update several sites with a single touch of a button. Another cool thing that Liquid Web is introducing is a preview screenshot. When you go to update your plugins, you can actually see what your site's going to look like. So that way you know that your site is not going to break. So if all that sounds great to you and you want to sign up today, you can use the discount code WPTONIC33 and you'll get a 33% discount off your bill for the next six months. Visit liquidweb.com slash WordPress to get started and use that discount code WPTONIC33. And with that, I want to introduce our guest, Dusty Davidson. Tell us a little bit about yourself, those who don't know you. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, my name is Dusty Davidson. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Flywheel. We're a managed WordPress host, really focused on building uh, a platform and solutions for uh, designers and agencies and really anybody who builds sites for clients. Um, we've been around about four and a half years now, uh, growing pretty quickly uh, and uh, excited to be here and talk about anything and everything WordPress or business or Flywheel. Great. And I also want to introduce my co-host, Jonathan Denwood. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, hi there, folks. I'm the founder of WP Tonic. We're a WordPress support maintenance company with strong roots in the WordPress community. Try us and we'll become your trusted partner, won't we, John? We will certainly try. My name is John Locke. My business is Lockdown Design. And what I provide is custom WordPress development and SEO for blue-collar businesses that are looking to grow or medium-sized businesses that need an outside hand. And this way, they can get a handle on you know, their business again. Uh, so jumping right into the interview, um, one thing I always like to ask people, Dusty, is you know, how do you get started? You're out there in the Silicon Prairie. How did you meet your co-founders? How did Flywheel get off the ground? Yeah, so my, our story starts, um, I don't know, nine or 10 years ago at my first software company. We were a consulting firm. We built software applications and ultimately a lot of websites uh, for people and uh, would, would end up putting them on WordPress. This was very early days of WordPress um, and uh, hired both of my now co-founders at that first company. Um, one of them is an intern. So I always tell our interns uh, that, um, you know, you work long enough and hard enough that maybe... Maybe you can rise to the top. But the, uh, uh, we met, we worked together for many years, and it went on our separate ways. And I always say got the band back together to start Flywheel, um, really around this idea of building a, 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 the hosting company that we would have, uh, would have loved to, to use. Um, uh, you know, we, we were scratching our own itch in a way and uh, wanted to build not only sort of a robust hosting platform um, that I think matched the quality of design and development work that we were doing because lots of times we would, uh, we would charge clients, you know, $20,000 to build a site for them and then put it on, you know, $2 a month hosting. And something about that felt really weird. Um, not just because of the price, but because of the quality of product that we were putting out sort of matched with, uh, with, uh, hosting that would inevitably get hacked or get, uh, or, or perform slowly. And we thought that was, 
Um, we didn't think that was quite right. Uh, and on top of that, there, you know, at the time, and I think carrying through even to today, most hosting is sold to technical people. And yet, there's sort of this convergence of the world of designers and developers facilitated in lots of ways by WordPress, whereby uh, by very creative sort of non-technical folks are able to build really great businesses as freelancers or, or, or agencies. Um, and all of them have hosting needs, but, uh, but they don't want to deal with the kind of technical mumbo jumbo that goes into it. And, um, and we wanted to build a company that resonated with them. And in a sense, sell to people like us. Uh, you know, it's again, kind of back to this idea of like, what's the hosting company we would have wanted to buy from? And, and so both from the brand perspective and the product perspective and the platform perspective, we really set out to kind of uh, uh, fill, fill that place in, in the market. No, definitely. And, and I agree with you. Like when you look back to five years ago, a lot of the hosting wasn't where it is now. And I think nowadays we kind of take it for granted that we have all these options. But if you go back five or even 10 years ago, I mean, a lot of the hosting was really terrible uh, for, especially for something like WordPress. Um, so, you know, when you guys set out to establish that, did you have who, you know, what were you looking at as far as the gaps in the market that you wanted to fill with your specific technical offerings? Yeah, I think the, I think there's, there's two major areas where, where we set out to, to fill and, and where even to today we continue to. And one is uh, this belief that hosting should just work, right? That there's, that there's a, um, I think that there was a status quo around needing to tinker and kind of like fits futs with, with memory settings or with configuration files or uh, with all of these sorts of things, or even install plugins in order to solve rudimentary problems like backups or security. Um, and, uh, and, and, and our contention at the beginning was, and to, till today is that it should just work, right? You should just be able to, to install WordPress or, or frankly, just create a site and not have to worry about this entire sort of category of things that, um, that are, that are solvable problems that, uh, you know, in effect allow the designer, the developer to focus on what they do best. Uh, and, um, and that's core to, to who we are at Flywheel. So that was one. And the other was that, uh, uh, that, that, that we could build software that enhanced the workflow of people who build sites for clients um, to make their lives easier, not only from the hosting perspective, but from the perspective of how they build sites and interact with their clients. And um, in that regard, think of ourselves oftentimes as a software company that happens to host websites, uh, whereas certainly five years ago, all of the hosting providers in the world were just sort of like, like providing servers and providing space for it. And that was the, that was the offering. Um, and we really came in, I think, and said, wait a minute, if we look at the world through the, through the, through the eyes of the designer, the person building sites for clients, what problems can we solve? Um, and, uh, and when you talk to people about those things, they, you know, they aren't, they're not asking for them because they're comfortable with the, the processes that they built. But when you come with them and say, wait a minute, you don't have to share passwords uh, with other designers and developers in order to grant them permission to, uh, uh, to, um, to, to help you collaborate on the site. They're like, oh, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Or, or you know, I was always give the example that for our clients, uh, we would we had a Google Doc with just a hundred usernames and passwords in it of all of their all of their hosting setups, and we would log in and we would tinker and do this stuff on their sites. and And if you actually step back and say, "Hey, wait a minute, that seems uh, that seems not right," um, uh, you can build really cool software. And I think that's the that's the second big piece of the flywheel story that that I think ultimately set us apart and continues to, and with regards to our perspective on how we approach the problem of hosting, uh, in a, in a kind of in a software and, and, and workflow way. And something you addressed right there that I, I think is really critical and, and you're speaking about like, uh, you know, like the way, uh, that, that maybe some places do is like sharing a big sheet of passwords. It's like incredibly scary when you step back and, and think about that for just two seconds. But, uh, one thing that I really appreciate about flywheel, cause I mean, I have my main set on flywheel, um, I'm a customer, have been for a few years. And one thing that's really cool is say if I have a client and they, um, 
I set them up with with uh, like their site. They can authorize me to you know also like work on it. And when I log into my dashboard, it's it's just right there, and it doesn't count against my you know ten in my uh, professional pack. I think that's a really great idea. Was that feature uh, put in mind? specifically to solve some of these problems from the consultant and like agency point of view? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the, you know, we, if you look at the, the, those types of workflow features, I mean, they seem kind of trivial in a way, right? Like it's like, Oh, you should be able to just, should just show up in your dashboard. But, but, but the reality is, is it, it wasn't the case. Like certainly five years ago, it just wasn't happening. Like if you, if you were creating uh, sites for clients. The number of times when we did this, where we, uh, <laughs> where, we, where I would, when we were building sites for clients, where I would ask a client for their credit card number and their and their username and password, so I could log in and buy the hosting for them and then get it all set up. Uh, and and because I didn't want to be on the hook for it, um, you know, in that regard, in my account, uh, uh, the number of times that happened was 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 crazy and i think the more in the early days of fiber we talked to hundreds of designers like us and you know we would just have these conversations and and they would they would say yeah yeah that's that seems weird like that's that, that would be great if you could solve those problems and so um and so those are the types of things certainly in the early days that we uh that 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 both set us apart but also i think solved real problems for designers and agencies no, definitely. And that's what, one of the things where I think you guys are actually a pioneer is you make it easy for, you know, the, the consultancy, the agency can go ahead and set up a site and then they can like hand off the payment to the customer. And it is not like a big thing like you described where you're having to read the credit card number over the phone. And I, I think that right there is is one of the best features actually of Flywheel. And, and like I said, I, I think you guys broke a lot of ground. One thing that I want to ask you is when you first launched, um, the landscape was a little bit different than it is now. And, and uh, there's a lot of companies like EIG companies uh, that were well-established. I think WP Engine was still kind of new. How did you guys go out and get your first customers? Did you go to people in the Omaha area? I know that that's uh, actually kind of a tech hub and kind of like a well-guarded secret, but but in that area, there is like a lot of uh, tech activity. Did you guys start there? Or did you kind of reach out um, through the WordPress community? How, how did you guys get your uh, initial traction and momentum? Yeah, so we certainly did. We have great inroads here locally. We're, we've been long, long-time members of the, the design and agency and uh, developer communities here. So that was certainly a starting place, although not really interesting to us because it was, you know, that's not scalable, right? Like we can't always just walk down to our friend's, you know, little studio and say, uh, <laughs> hey, do you want to buy from us? Um, and so that, that, that was very early on for that, that part of it. But um, beyond that, I mean, we, we look at the world and said, like, we're going to market to designers. And um, because of our, our, our sort of like deeply held belief that, that the designers are the ones who are building the sites for, for, for their clients and ultimately are, are responsible for building the majority of sites in the world. Um, but we get to, we get this really, we get somebody to market to, we get somebody to actually sell to and to create messaging for it, right? It's a, it seems like a niche designers, but uh, it's a niche of people who build sites for other people, which is great. Um, and so we did, you know, in the early days, very stupid kind of you know, guerrilla things. The example that I had is, that, that I always use is that um, our original splash page was, was just one page that described what, what we did. We didn't even have a platform. There was nothing behind it. Uh, and it was just an email capture. And, uh, but it, but it said, you know, beautiful WordPress hosting built for designers and it was a beautiful website. And so we, we submitted that to all these design contests and, uh, and it would, you know, so it would end up on these design contests as, um, as one of the featured sort of beautiful sites where it would say beautiful WordPress hosting built for designers and all these designers who are looking at the, at the contest, cause they want to see, you know, what other designers are building. Uh, see our site and they click through it and then they enter their email address and we collected tens of thousands of email addresses just based off of these um, uh, off of these design contests and um, 
And that was our core audience. And what we would do then is we would email, we'd, we'd look through that list of people who signed up their email address and we would, uh, we'd find somebody who had a, uh, a sort of a, a great sounding domain name, right? Like that sounded like they were a freelancer or a, or a little agency. And uh, we just email them and say like, Hey, thanks for your interest. Uh, you know, I'm the co-founder and you know, we, we don't really have anything to sell you, but we'd love to talk to you about, uh, what, what we're building. And nine times out of 10, they'd say yes. And we would just pick up the phone and we'd call them. And my partner, Rick and I, uh, spent the first long time of, of flywheel just talking to, to customers. And, uh, and potential customers and learning about them and kind of corroborating what our ideas were. And, um, and so that's, that's it. And, and uh, uh, once we then had something to sell them, we could, we could, as part of that process, have this conversation and be like, oh, well, what if we, uh, what if we just moved your sites for you? And, um, you know, we started doing site migrations and, uh, you know, it just kind of, kind of built on itself. But, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't, um, you know, because we had this niche of designers, it, we could literally just, it's somebody to specifically market to. And I think that that was a big piece of it. And the other piece was just pure hustle on our part of just uh, uh, doing the hard work of picking up the phone and calling people. I really appreciate, uh, you know, two things about that. You identified a niche, you know, graphic designers, you know, visual designers, and then you made uh, a targeted thing. You built a beautiful splash page put it on places like where they would see it, like the CSS design award uh, type of sites. And then you collected emails and then you actually did the grinding and, you know, do something that very few um, technical people will do. And that's pick up the phone and actually reach out to people and get inside their mind that like, Hey, now we're on your radar. We're not trying to do a hard pitch, but we're, we're just trying to grind it out. Um, and now look at you, uh, you're one of the recommended hosts by the wordpress.org and uh, that's pretty awesome. And, uh, one thing that I wanted to ask you is as you've grown and you've scaled up this company, what do you guys look for when you're, when you're hiring, um, people and, and what are the challenges that you faced in scaling up your company and growing? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I have this sort of philosophy around uh, company building that 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 sort of it starts with the people, right? Like that 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 you get the right people on board, and you build a, a culture around uh, building great products and about treating people well, and then you sort of uh, you get enough right, the right people on on the bus, and you just sort of let them take you where we go, so to speak. Like I don't have all the answers, and so we put a, a really great emphasis on um, on finding exceptional people. Uh, and, um, and do that pretty intentionally. Uh, and a lot of our interview processes, a lot of our, um, a lot of our, the ways that we attract folks, um, are, are built pretty deliberately towards that end. And ultimately like the best people want to work with the best people. And that's the other piece of it. Right. And so once you, once you get some traction in that regard, then, uh, you find yourself able to, to attract other, other remarkable folks. Um, you know, we look for, we look for a handful of things. Uh, different things in different, uh, you know, job categories, obviously, but um, the, the things that I always say across all people uh, that, 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 that apply and ultimately end up at Flywheel are uh, a few key attributes. One is, um, are they passionate about something, uh, right? Like lots of people are uh, uh, not really passionate about anything. You know, you want people that, that are passionate about their craft, whether it's software engineering or accounting uh, or whatever it might be. Um, number two, we look for impressiveness. This is my made up word that we, you meet with them and you have a conversation uh, and then you walk away and you're just like, holy shit, that person was impressive. Right? Like it's hard to, it's hard to put into words what that is, but we all know it when you see it, when you have just an amazing conversation with somebody, you walk away and you're just like, they have to be a flywheel. Um, we look just for good humans. Uh, there's, you know, kind of the, the proverbial no assholes at flywheel sort of thing. Um, part of that's because I don't want to work with them. And part of that is because a big part of, of, of what we do is provide exceptional service to our clients. And we can't do that if um, we're filled with um, a bunch of people who aren't just good human beings. Um, and I think so. So we look at things at that level of, 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 of characteristics across all flywheelers. Uh, and then obviously in different categories, look for, for specific, you know, uh, technical expertise or other things. Um, and, you know, scaling is, uh, uh, scaling is, um, 
you know, the better the people, the easier it is to scale. Um, you know, things within the culture of Flywheel are hard to scale. So what works at 15 people doesn't work at 50 and doesn't work at 100. Um, and so we're constantly evolving that. But I, I always describe the challenges related to growing the company as, um, as just one of many hard problems that we solve. So uh, I think maybe one of the things that sets Flywheel apart from from other companies in the world, whether they're hosting or not, is, is kind of a willingness to solve hard problems. And so it's certainly the case in engineering, right? We solve hard infrastructure and technical problems. Uh, but it's, it's also the case with regards to building the company as a product, right? With building uh, the culture and with scaling the culture. Um, you know, people always ask you, like, it looks like you've got a great culture. How do you maintain that as you grow? And you say, like, well, it's, it's hard. Um, but we're committed to doing it. And we know that that's a hard problem. It's just one of many that we solve along the path. And so um, that's kind of how we think about those sorts of things. There's lots of, there's lots of sort of bumps and, and, and stumbling blocks and specifics, obviously. But uh, uh, overall, you know, we've, 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 had, we've had good success and we've got, a, we've got a great team and we've been on a, uh, we're at the very early edge of a, of, of a long journey. One last question before we head to our break, and uh, I wanted to ask something that you were saying there. It kind of sparked something in my mind. And as you're growing, you said that what gets you to you know level one isn't going to get you to level two, and things change as the scale changes. Are there people that helped you that uh, you reached out to for business advice, or people who mentored you? saying like, these are the challenges that you're going to face. And if so, like, you know, what kind of help did that provide you in, in having foresight uh, as your company grew? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, <clears throat> I think that there've been a number of uh, uh, great sort of, uh, there's been a lot of like sort of mentors for us along the way, um, not in any sort of formal capacity, but more just friends of ours who, who run companies that are maybe one or two steps ahead of where we are. Um, and you know, you, you pointed a big company, they, you know, they were our size at some point, but they were, that oftentimes was a long time ago and in a different era. And so, um, you know, there's, 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 there's countless examples of, of, of folks who have helped us along the way who are maybe one or two steps ahead where it was, it was a year or two ago that they were our size. Um, and they can remember it, right. They can be like, Oh yeah, I remember when we passed 50 people and we had our, we had to put in place management for the first time. Um, here's some ideas around that. And sure enough, you know, we passed 50 people and we had to put in management, um, and things like that. And so, um, I think, I think the more that, that one can get surrounded with peers who, um, who have, who have been there in their shoes, but, but, but not 20 years ago, not 10 years ago, maybe one year ago. Uh, I think that's, I think that's super valuable. Uh, it's harder in places like Omaha because there aren't, uh, while there is a burgeoning tech scene, as you mentioned, uh, there's not hundreds of examples of this around here. So um, we've, we've had to extend our network uh, beyond Omaha for that in lots of ways, uh, but, but certainly there's great examples here as well. And so um, you know, we've, 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 we've built on the backs of, of some people who have, have done it before, and that's been, that's been super helpful. Excellent. Uh, with that, we're going to go to our midway break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking more with Flywheel CEO Dusty Davidson about uh, growing a hosting company, acquisition of local, and much more. See you after the break. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back from the break, and now I'm passing the mic over to Jonathan Denwood. <laughs> oh, thanks, John. Dusty. So another part is um, Silicon Perry News. Um, you're one of the founders of that. Can you, why you got involved in that, and um, give us some background about that? Science. Yes, sure. So Silicon Prairie News uh, is a uh, started as a blog, really highlighting tech and startup companies in the Midwest uh, of the U.S. Here, and 
Um, it really was born out of this idea that when I started my first company, where I met my now co-founders of Flywheel, um, we, we, we wanted to find more people like us, right? And I, was, I grew up in this area and was a, a tech guy myself, and uh, I was hell-bent on going to Silicon Valley because that's where cool companies are. Uh, ended up, I would say, met a girl and ended up staying, um, but, uh, but, but knew that there was more to be had here, right? There were, there were companies and entrepreneurs and creative folks under the, <clears throat> kind of flying under the radar that nobody knew about. And so the blog served as an opportunity to kind of highlight and coalesce those folks and really build a community uh, in the Silicon Prairie of people who care about um, tech and, uh, you know, creative, creative endeavors. And so um, grew that as a, as a company, we ran a, a number of conferences, Big Omaha being the largest. It was a, a big sort of tech company or tech, tech conference here in the Midwest uh, for now <clears throat> over nine or 10 years and, uh, and met, met lots of great folks. And I think really were able to, to, to kind of help spearhead what has become a, a pretty, pretty neat little uh, tech ecosystem, startup ecosystem here uh, on the Silicon Prairie, as, as we call it. Um, and so it's been a, been a cool ride. We sold uh, that company, Silicon Prairie News, uh, two or three years ago uh, so that I could focus on Flywheel and um, sort of pass the reins on to, to an organization that could shepherd it for, for decades to come. Um, and so uh, we're excited, uh, obviously, about that. And, uh, but but uh, uh, that was uh, you know, kind of our little, our little mark on the, on the middle of the country. No, because um, I know you had a series of interviews, you and your two co-founders on there, didn't you, recently, haven't you? Yeah, we did. So the, the, the group that sort of is carrying on the, the Silicon Prairie News banner um, is doing a, f- a fine job of, of highlighting you know, local success stories, and whether they're small or medium or large, uh, and Flywheel uh, was fortunate to, to kind of be fe- highlighted by them a couple, couple of weeks back, a month or so. And they came over and did a tour of our office and a bunch of stuff. And so it was kind of, kind of fun. And, you know, it's, 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 you know, my position, my partner's position in this ecosystem is fun because at the time that we started Silicon Prairie News, there wasn't a lot of activity and we were, we weren't, I mean, our company was very small um, and we were covering companies that were growing very quickly. And now you fast forward some time and Flywheel is really uh, one of the leading companies in, in terms of growth and, and, and impact uh, in certainly in the startup and tech, tech space around here. Um, and so it's fun to kind of be on the other side in a way and I, mm-hmm. frankly be on the other side of the microphone, uh, uh, which is great. Well, it does seem a trend, doesn't it? Because, you know, um, with the founder of WP Engine, he um, is based in Texas. He, um, he's a joint founder of a, of a um, uh, startup center, isn't he? Uh, um, yeah, Capital so, Factory, sure. Yeah, that's right. So there does seem to be um, a slight trend of people um, starting their own companies, but then they try and be part of a culture in their area, doesn't it? Yeah, I think, well, and I, I know Jason, and he, I think he has this, we have similar philosophies around uh, around startups in, in a lot of those regards. And, you know, for us, it was, you know, it's, it's more interesting, it's frankly more fun to, to build companies around other people who are building companies. I think it makes, it makes the company better, right? You can learn from others. You can share what you've learned with others. Uh, and, uh, and so in a sense, if you can, you know, you can build a company anywhere. You can build a company in the middle of nowhere uh, as long as you can find that you, you can have remote people. Um, but my, my theory, in my opinion, is it's, it's more fun to do that as part of a community. And I think more, um, not only just more fun, I think it's, it's more impactful and it's, it's, it, it creates better overall success. And so um, there's a lot of similarities there, certainly, with what they're doing in Texas with, or I think trying to get off the ground here in, in Nebraska. But, uh, um, you know, for me, it's just, you know, it goes back to the original theory, which was I just want to find, we just wanted to find more people like us. So, yeah. Yeah. Before I say this, if I make a total mess here, please forgive me. I am British, so my American geography can be <laughs> suspect. The one million cups, um, Kansas City, is that around your area? Yeah, so yeah, Kansas City is uh, two and a half hours south of here, so both kind of like right smack in the middle of the U.S., uh, and Kansas City is a little bit larger city and a different kind of startup community, but uh, 
uh, uh, yeah, that's 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 not that far from here. So the, that that whole um, I forgot the foundation that actually funds that. But as do you think that's had a, any kind of real positive effect that one million cups kind of movement? Yeah, so one million cups is a is a weekly gathering uh, on I think uh, where the sort of theory being that if 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 startup people drink one million cups of coffee together, then they they strengthen their communities. I was started out of the Kauffman Foundation uh, in Kansas City, which is the world's largest foundation based on uh, focused on entrepreneurship, and uh, and. I think it does. Like these are the types of activities that I think are really uh, impactful for a community. And while one, when, you know, Wednesday morning meetup with coffee isn't going to create entrepreneurs necessarily, I think it, amongst other activities and uh, events and um, incubators or accelerators, and like you know, it's an eco- it's called an ecosystem for a reason, right? There's lots of components to it, and it's not just one thing. Um, so I personally think that one million cups and things like it, um, you know, these these opportunities to create serendipitous connections between people who are like minded, I think are I think they're great, and I think they are uh, they are uh, major contributors to the growth of of kind of nascent startup communities around the world. Um, uh, the challenge, of course, is that as your company gets larger. Uh, it's actually harder to go to those things. So I don't find myself there that often anymore, even though in the very beginning days I was there every week. Um, we just have too much going on. I've got a family and all these things, but I think that's okay and I think it's healthy. So um, yeah, I just want to mention it. So was you, uh, was, are you a bootstrap company or have you taken a VC investment? Uh, yeah, Files raised uh, venture capital dollars uh, in two rounds. We did a seed round in 2014 and we raised kind of a series A round of, of venture capital dollars uh, in uh, in April of last year. Oh, that's fantastic. So as an experience, what's that be like actually uh, getting VC money? Uh, it's, uh, it's both painful and, and exhilarating, I guess. I don't know. Um, the, uh, no, we, we, we've been fortunate to have uh, really great partners uh, in, in the, the folks that have invested in Flywheel. And I think that's, that's a critical part of um, any, uh, any, any sort of investor relationship. I, is, you hope that they are big supporters and that they, are, uh, that they believe in you and that they are sort of lockstep in what your vision is. Uh, we also were fortunate to not ever have to really need money in a sense. We, we, could, have, um, we could have bootstrapped. Um, we would just would have grown more slowly. And so, you know, in that regard, the, 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 the money becomes a tool to be able to not only grow more quickly, but, but, but focus on the things that we want to focus on. So, you know, I talked earlier about wanting to build products and workflow tools for designers. Uh, you know, the venture capital dollars allow us to, 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 to focus on that um, in addition to growth of just the pure hosting product. And so uh, it's been great. And like I said, we've got great partners and, uh, uh, it's, you know, venture capital dollars, like, like any money or like lots of things in business, it's, it's a tool, uh, in a sense, it's not, you know, it's not success. Uh, but it's, but if you can, if you can use it and leverage those dollars to, to create bigger impact, I think, uh, like in our case, uh, it's, it's been, it's been a, a, a very, uh, a very positive thing for us. Yeah, I totally agree with you. As long as the investors on the same mind, map or the you know they understand the journey that they're going with you and the same outcomes um the finals um just escape me but oh yeah um basically there seems to be a trend you know go daddy buying managed wp um buying wp curve um other hosting providers entering the market um there seems to be um where a trend with hosting companies where they're going to add additional services like maintenance or like w um other software tools and you did that recently with the purchase um my mind i've got to that age Dusty, where it goes at. Um, you bought a tool. Um, you bought a tool which I've been using, which is fantastic for um, 
desktop um, development. Um, what made you decide to buy that tool and put your company behind it? Yeah, so uh, in at the end of last year, we uh, finally acquired a company called Pressmatic, uh, and then which was a, a relatively new local WordPress development app. And we rebranded it as local by Flywheel and we uh, made it available for free. Uh, that, that solution was something that my partners and I had wanted to build since the very beginning of Flywheel. Uh, and um, because if you ask 10 different developers or designers how they build WordPress websites, you'll get 10 different answers. And um, some of them just log into the SFTP and just edit files directly. Some of them um, actually physically install a web server on their local machine. Some of them use MAMP. Some of them use desktop server. Uh, but the majority of them just kind of like hack it in a way. Um, and I think that uh, there wasn't a, you know, kind of like in hosting, there, there's kind of a status quo there. And you can, our theory is you can come in with an exceptional product and really define what a, what a proper and beautiful workflow looks like. Um, so we wanted to build that since the very beginning. Um, we, uh, we, we were focused on building the core, the core platform for, for several years. Uh, so we never had the time. And then we actually started down a path of building the product last summer and, uh, got introduced to Clay who ran, uh, Pressmatic and he had built what is essentially exactly what we were wanting to build. Um, it was a modern, modern local development tool. It's built on container technology. It's built, uh, to be cross-platform. Um, all these sorts of things, which was exactly what we wanted to do. And it was, at that point, uh, a pretty simple uh, equation on do we buy it or do we spend the next six months building it? Uh, and uh, we got that deal done quickly. And now Clay's part of the team, which is awesome. And, uh, and that's, been, uh, that's been a really great, uh, a really great addition. And I think really cements our mindset around uh, you know, building tools for for that enhance the workflow of people who build sites uh, on WordPress. And I think um, we will continue to do those types of things. I would say that, that you know, that a, a robust, co- uh, re- robust kind of like uh, secure performant uh, hosting platform is, is the minimum <laughs> is like, of course we have that. And then uh, the value and uh, the sort of the icing on a cake is everything that we can do on top of that. And, and local is a, is a perfect example of that. With Securi um, being bought, obviously they had some third-party agreements, I think, with SiteGround. And I'm not totally sure if I'm incorrect. I apologise to the audience. But I also think with WP Engine, they had um, a contract. Um, Was you surprised when the news came out that they had been bought? And um, what... Have you got any plans for your companies, um, maybe to security products, anything like that? Yeah, so uh, I'm not surprised at all. Security is a great company. I think that they were. Uh, uh, I think that's a, it's a it's a great acquisition by GoDaddy. Uh, I know Tony and the guys over at Security really well, and we uh, we've partnered with them over the years. Um, and so, you know, I don't know what the, the future looks like there. They continue to have a, an exceptional product, and I think that's. Uh, uh, a big part of certainly why they were acquired, but also, um, but also, uh, uh, you know, means that uh, they they kind of stand out in the in the industry as like the the leader in that regard. Um, so I don't know what that looks like for them going forward. Um, you know, for us, you know, security continues to be um, one of the key components of the core offering that we provide. Uh, in terms of like, in, if you, if you were to look at why, you know. If I'm a if I'm a designer and I have clients that are hosted somewhere, like the last thing I want them to have happen to my clients is for their sites to get hacked and you know, kind of like Russian pornography shows up on the homepage of some uh, some like legal like some lawyer website, right? Um, and that's a that's a that's a major problem that uh, that that needs like real effort and real engineering and real solutions. Um, and we certainly have a lot of our own stuff. And whether that means it's a product on our side, I don't know, but but certainly a major commitment on our part to our customers uh, to provide that. Um, and whether that's to continue to, to partner with security in some regards, or whether it's working with other partners, or whether it's doing it ourselves, um, kind of uh, we're working through the details on that. But regardless, uh, it's a cool acquisition uh, by GoDaddy, certainly. I think, uh, I think as are the other acquisitions they've made, 
uh, I think I continue to be impressed with uh, what they're doing in the space and the way that they think about the way they think about hosting. I think it's 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 actually similar to how we think about it, which is um, it's it, it is products that that improve the lives of people. And so um, to that extent, um, they've they've done well. Impressive answer, thank you, Dusty. As a general thing, how do you see? Um, obviously, one of the big drivers of Word WordPress has been third-party plugins, um, free ones, and also the premium market. Um, it's I think it's been one of the biggest drivers for the growth in WordPress. How do you do? You think? How do you see in the next year, eighteen months, the future of um, plug-in developers, do you think the future's bright or do you think it's going to be become a bit more difficult? Um, I think that, uh, I, I think the future's bright, absolutely. I think the bigger the, the, the platform gets, the, the more that, uh, the, the, the bigger the ability for, uh, for independent developers to, to build things and ultimately create a living on, on them, whether it's through premium plugins or, or through service or what it might be, whatever it might be. And I think that, that in general is, is good for the ecosystem because uh, you know, the more people that can make a living and that can sustain themselves on, on WordPress itself, uh, I think just, just sort of um, sort of compounds and in, in into the strength of the community. Um, what I, what I will say is that the plugin sort of, world is, 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 is big and complex and in many cases ugly. And so I think if I was to list off the, the areas of, of, of improvement around plugins and the plugin ecosystem, it is things like uh, how updates are handled, how security is handled, how, um, how, how one separates the, the, the noise for, uh, from you know, where are the quality plugins, so to speak, from from sort of ones that haven't been updated or won't be updated. Um, and, and you'll start to see these leveling off in a way. And I do think there's also, you know, I think there's a real world in which you start to see consolidation amongst things because, um, and you already see this, you know, I think uh, the, you know, the folks over at Backup Buddy have done a nice job of this, of kind of like bringing together a bunch of pro- products under the same, the same umbrella. Uh, you see this in other categories as well. Um, and I think you're going to start to see some of that as, as well, but, but, but that's all good because I think that that helps focus on, on quality plugins and and quality across the, uh, across the plugin ecosystem. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a, we, it's something we deal with a lot. I mean, we see every plugin under the sun. We see every, uh, we see every plugin, uh, that causes problems, whether it's, it gets hacked or it's, or it's performance related, these sorts of things. And so, um, I think you'll see some settling out with regards to just overall quality across the board. Um, well, at the same time, just being to- like the openness and the availability of people to contribute, I think ultimately, like you said, is what, what has driven the success of WordPress in a lot of ways. And so, you know, I d- we certainly don't want to see that go anywhere. Uh, but but the, um, you'll see kind of a, I think, a maturing of the plugin uh, ecosystem in the, in the years to come. You know, it's quite interesting in a way because I, I, I agree in a way, but... Um, another way, it, it seems to be going that direction with some, like I, you pointed out, iThemes. Like, I totally agree with you. They've done an excellent job. But then, like the forms, you know, it used to be dominated by gravity forms. But increasingly, you're seeing a number of players entering the form plugging market as an example, haven't you? Yeah, and it, it it's... It's really interesting that, that um, one of the things that's fascinating to me is when plugins emerge that are free, that are exceptional, right? Like, so, so I can understand why a premium plugin can be great because they have the money to sustain it, but inevitably in lots of categories that happens. And then somebody comes in with, and at a time when maybe the free offerings are kind of like not good, somebody comes in with a, a free offering that's just great. And um and that, that drives the, it's, it's got this weird effect on price and like the commoditization of great plugins and things like that. Uh, and so, yeah, you see this kind of, this, this, this weird, uh, this weird world where, yeah, like in the forms, form space is exactly right. Where there maybe used to be one player and now there's, there's a bunch that do well that are, that are, that are, that are great. And, 
But it's a big market. I always say this about hosting. People are always like, how are you, you going to compete against these huge companies that provide hosting? I'm like, because WordPress powers so many WordPress, uh, websites, it's just a massive market. And that's, that's not something to be, um, to take lightly. And, uh, you know, big companies uh, can be built on the back of WordPress where there are big companies that do exactly the same thing. And I think that's, that's kind of a, you know, the bigger WordPress gets, the more that that kind of stuff's going to happen. So the other thing is, you know, Pippin Williams um, wrote an excellent piece. Um, time goes so quick, doesn't it, Dusty? I think it was over a month ago about um, his own um, company. And I really, really is respect um, him as um, a business owner as, and as a developer. He's been on the show. He's a great guy. Um yeah. But he was saying that he was having to increase the prices um, of his plugins and some of the third-party plugins for his main product, which is Digital Download. Um, do you do you think that's also something that's going to happen? You know, prices around plugins themes are going to go up. I would love. To, I frankly would love to see it. I mean, we 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 live in a world where the prices have have historically been. Uh, driven to the bottom in terms of hosting, right? And we sort of enter the market and say, hey, we're going to actually charge more. And it, it's kind of back to this old adage where, where we, would, we would charge somebody for the design and development of a site tens of thousands of dollars, and then the expectation of hosting was that you pay $2 a month. I would say the same goes for plugins. And that, you know, what you find is you have people who run their businesses and their livelihoods based on these websites. They're making tens of thousands of dollars of revenue in lots of cases, um, but are unwilling to pay for plugins. And I think, well, that's fine. And they're, again, in open source, there will always kind of be this weird equilibrium with regards to price. I think generally, I believe that people are willing to pay for quality products. And, um, and across the board, uh, oftentimes we'll pay more for quality than what they're paying now. And you see that in hosting and you've seen that trend. And I've, I've talked about this for a long time where it was a race to the bottom for a long time. And I actually think it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like not in a sense a race to the top, so to speak, because people just want it to work. And I would say the same thing applies to plugins is that, is that, is that, you know, people are willing to pay for quality or a certain segment of people are willing to pay for quality. And, um, and, but it's such a big market that there's lots of people who, who maybe don't, aren't willing to pay for it, but that's fine. Like there's, there's free offerings, there's other things. Um, and I hope that the effect of that is that, is that prices do go up. And uh, I think that's, that's better for everybody in my opinion. Um, I think that's really well put. Um, but do you actually, um, to kind of finish off, um, and we really do appreciate the time that you spent with us, um, is, you know, um, Matt at the last uh, WordCamp USA, you know, put forward very um, aggressive growth um, um, pointers, you know, where do you think in any show, do you see the growth still increasing over the next year, two years? Uh, has the kind of growth we've seen over the past the past two years? Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm bullish on obviously WordPress. We've got major investments into it, so to speak. Uh, but the uh, you know the way I look at it is that if you look at the numbers, it's something like sixty percent of the internet doesn't use content management at all, and and uh, and so it's less in a way about. Um, the competition. It's less about Squarespace and Wix and these sorts of things, in my opinion. And it's more about this big swath of, of sites that don't, uh, they don't have content management at all. Plus the, plus the overall internet is growing. So I would say the, the, the piece of the pie is growing and the pie is growing. Um, and I think both of those things together, uh, added together, create a world where, where it does uh, where the growth does, does ma- the growth rate does maintain. Uh, and I think the, 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 the thing about communities that's really powerful is that is that they kind of compound, right? They especially open communities, right? Open source and 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 rich sort of communities like like WordPress is that have meetups and 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 WordCamps around the world. Um, I think I think it compounds on itself, right? And I think that 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 will drive 
you know, further growth. Uh, in addition to just just this this concept that you know, like I said, the 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 piece of the pie is growing certainly as people adopt WordPress, but the the overall pie is 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 big and and you know the there's no it doesn't seem to me to be any signs that the internet rate the rate of growth of the internet is slowing down and so you know all of those are those reasons for us to certainly be bullish and I think other people in the in the ecosystem should be bullish on the growth of WordPress as well. Oh, thanks, Dusty. I think we're in this now, John. What do you think? Definitely, I think this has been an exceptional episode. I, I think our viewers have learned a ton. I encourage them to check it out. And Dusty, where can we find you? And is there anything that you want to promote? Uh, no, yeah, that's great. So uh, I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, just Dusty D on Twitter, maybe, is the, the best way. Or if, uh, if there's any questions, I, I'm, I'm super responsive to email. Uh, Dusty at getflywheel.com. Or if you're interested in Flywheel, uh, you can check us out at getflywheel.com. Uh, anything to promote? Uh, I don't know. I'm a bad promoter. <laughs> um, you know, we, uh, uh, I would say that local is the thing that we're pushing pretty hard. And so, uh, if you, if you're struggling with local development, uh, it, or if you have, if you have an interest in that at all, uh, you can check that out at local.getflywheel.com. Uh, it's a free download for windows and Mac. Uh, and, uh, we're going to be making a ton of cool in, uh, 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 cool enhancements over the coming months to it. So, uh, definitely check that out. Jonathan, anything uh, you want to promote and where can we find you? Oh, it's quite easy, folks. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jonathan Denwood. I think I am the only Jonathan Denwood on Twitter. Um, or you can email me. I do reply like Dusty to email. Um, can't do it the same day, but I will get back to you. It's only a common courtesy when another human um, emails you. As long as it's a question the intelligible one. And that's at Jonathan at WP-tonic.com, John. Excellent. And you can find me at my website, which is LockdownDesign.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, Lockdown underscore. For the WP Posse, in effect, we're saying peace out and get your dose. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.